Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Essential Podcast. This is Tommy Barco with Barco Financial. I've got Matt here with me today. We're excited to chat. Looking forward to talking about one of my favorite subjects. Matt, what's going on? Tommy, how have you been? Man, I've been great. Uh, it's summertime. I know we try to keep these podcasts evergreen, but we seem to always end up talking about the weather, which kind of places when we recorded it. But it's not quite summer, but it feels like it. So just trying to beat the heat. It's super hot, super early. But other than that, we're doing good. How about you? Yeah, same thing over here, trying to beat the heat. And, you know, we're talking about summer, which means we're probably going to be talking about (laughs) doing a little traveling. And I think something we've talked about before, which is national parks is what we're talking about today. And Mm -hmm. if I had to guess, Tommy, based on the podcast, I think you've been to, what, 11 national parks is my guess. I know there's... Um, let's see here. Zion in Utah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. There's Smoky Mountain National Park. I know you've probably been to that one. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a national park at Statue of Liberty and you talked about New York, what, two years ago on the podcast. So there's three, but I think, I know you've been, been hunting them down for a while. So I'm guessing 11. I don't know what the number is, but. Yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. I think it's 14 or 15. So. Wow. You're, you're, you're right there at it. When you look at the list of the most popular, like the top 10, uh, we can check off usually seven or eight of those and then add a few that, uh, that we've been to, like Statue of Liberty that you know, most people don't normally think about. So it kind of happened by accident, and we could talk about that too, but it is something that I, I really enjoy and has gotten more and more popular. I actually sent a buddy of mine a chart last year. We were kind of blaming COVID for this. And he was like, man, everybody found out our secret. You know, the national park travel is really up. Uh, This is the 150th year anniversary for Yellowstone. And I haven't watched it, but there's a pretty popular TV show called Yellowstone as well. So lots of stuff kind of going on, generating interest. And uh, to kind of piggyback on that, we have an article on the website called Retiring Wild, and it's about uh, the benefits of travel and being in nature and using the national park system for that purpose in retirement. And it's one of the only kind of generic lifestyle articles that post around on social that gets some likes from just random people on on the on our social channels. So I know it's of interest to people uh, pre-retirement and, of course, in retirement. And so looking forward to talking a little bit more about it today. Yeah, so Tommy, why don't we go back to the beginning and discuss kind of how you sort of accidentally fell into finding the national parks and how sort of how your journey started out. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mentioned earlier, it's kind of an accident uh, now, saying that, we had been to some national parks before the details of this story unfolded that I'm going to share with you. We kind of grew up going to the Smoky Mountain National Park, but didn't really think about that as a trip to the national park. It's regional and close. It's something our families did throughout my childhood and early adulthood. Didn't really love nature as a kid. Uh, uh, I think uh, now that I'm older, I appreciate it more. But take you to this trip we took to Southern California where we kind of fell in love with national parks uh, as a family. We're there for some work travel, and we're always, when we travel, trying to you know, do the work, obviously, but then go early and stay late, see things in the area, enjoy all the things that that area has to offer. And so in Southern California, 
where there were small kids and there's a sea world and there's a Legoland and there's a Disneyland. And so we put all those things on our list and we did them. We had a great time, but this was the summer before I believe the kids were either going to be in first or second grade. And that's important. I'll come back to that in a second. So we went and did all these fun things. And then we left Southern California and went to Yosemite and went in uh, learned a lot, you know, we were staying quote unquote at the entrance and which was an hour and a half from the entrance. So we'd get up early and drive in, spend all day in Yosemite and be exhausted and drive back after dark, you know, uh, pitch black, return to the hotel. Did that two days and then went down and saw Sequoia and Kings Canyon, came back to Southern California. So we had to fly home, did Disneyland again, and then came home. Had a great time, amazing pictures, great memories, and forgot about it, right? So whatever grade it was, I think it was first grade, but in that particular grade, what the kids would do, and we didn't know this at the time, is they would, they had this kind of composition notebook, and they would journal on the left side and color something on the right side. And they would do this periodically, like every day or a couple of days a week, until it got full, which happened to be around Christmas, the end of the the first uh, couple of semesters there and that book came home and so we're looking through it around the holidays and at the very beginning it was stuff about what did you do this summer and I know kids love rides and Disneyland and SeaWorld and all those things and we had a blast doing them but all of their entries were about the waterfalls and the mountains and the valleys and the animals and the snow all the national park stuff And so, you know, I mentioned that I didn't really love nature as a kid. So that struck me as really cool that they were very impressed by that. So much so that when their kid, when they were in school, starting school and the teacher said, hey, what'd you do this summer to write about your favorite things? They didn't draw pictures of Mickey Mouse. They drew pictures of waterfalls and wrote about that. And so we're like, yeah, this is us. We're going to go and see all these beautiful things right here in our country And we'll get into this as some of the benefits. It's very economical travel other than getting there, but getting in and uh, the things to see and do. It's the price of admission pales compared to Disney or something like that. However, the grandeur and the experience is is uh, hard to even describe. So that's how we kind of stumbled into it. And then, you know, we looked back on the Smoky Mountains. We had actually been to Mount Rainier when they were a little younger. We loved that. It was kind of a add on to a trip. Got in, drove down one day, drove back, turned the car in, and that was it. And so neat pictures and memories there. But, you know, the kids, I guess, were just a little too young for it to make an impression on them the way that it did. And then now we've got baseball hats and blankets and sweatshirts from all these national parks, and, and, and we love it. I was going to bust you up and maybe say that the only reason the national parks were in there was because it's easier to draw trees and waterfalls and mountains than it is to draw Mickey Mouse and Shamu and everything else. But the fact that they're sticking with it, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. Um, hey, you're, you're talking three circles here for a Mickey Mouse. I mean, that's not that's not that difficult. Well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> but well, and the nice thing too, it's like you said. You know, I don't. I know tickets have gone up in places like Disney and things like that, and obviously the travel is a getting to be a a larger and larger cost with that but once you're in the disney or the theme park world you know they're not Mm -hmm. just getting you for the ticket whereas you know you can picnic and you can bring your own things and 
you know, be on your own time and not have to deal with usually the big crowds, which I think is another reason we've seen, like you said, with COVID, why mm-hmm. we've seen a, sort of a resurgence in national parks. Yeah. So, Tommy, if I was going to set out a national park vacation and I wanted to, let's say I want to do one close and then I've got an unlimited budget and I want to do one that's far away, what are the two favorite picks from you? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Let me say this, you know, there are 417 current national park sites. So a lot more than you think. And of course, that's not all the the big, huge parks that, you know, come to mind. It also includes landmarks and stuff like that. Like we mentioned the Statue of Liberty earlier. Mm -hmm. Of those four, over 400, about 300 of them allow free admission, right? So if you can get there, you can get in. Even the ones that charge admission are reasonable. So you can kind of do this on a whim and pay when you get there. However, you can buy a, an annual pass or a lifetime pass. And for all of our retirees, which is kind of going back to this article, there's a senior pass that's 80 bucks for life, or you can get an annual senior pass for 20 bucks. So both of those are a steal and get you into any national park for that whole year or for life for the $80. With COVID, and this I'm sure has eased but with COVID, uh, there are reservation systems in place and some crowd control measures. And so you do want to be aware of that as a, an asterisk for this whole podcast before you just hop up and go somewhere. You want to make sure you can get a ticket for the shuttle to get into the main area or something to that effect. So mm-hmm. definitely keep that in mind. And then the Senior Pass gives you some other perks, too. Maybe we'll come back to that here at the end or you can check out the article. But to answer your question, the one close by has to be smoky mountain national park it's actually one of the most popular i I believe it is the most visited it is free it's one of the one of those 300 where there's no charge for admission it's close to home my nine hour drive or so which is doable for you know at any speed stop halfway whatever you can make it no big deal and there's all kinds of stuff to do no matter what season you go. So it is a family favorite for us, even though it's so familiar that it doesn't feel as otherworldly as some of the other things that you can see. And we certainly attempt to revisit that part uh, annually, usually in the fall. It's kind of a Thanksgiving fall tradition for us. So that would definitely be my uh, local pick. And Matt, I know you visited Smoky Mountain National Park a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. had a great time. I did. I didn't see any of the park, um, but I was basically square in the mountains and sat there and watched the leaves turn. It was a fantastic vacation. <laughs> yeah, not to tell too much of your your uh, secrets here, but uh, Matt's always kind of gravitated towards these all-inclusive Mexico beach-type trips, which sound amazing too, but I think this was your family's favorite even compared to some of those, right? Yeah, it actually was a surprise that it turned out to be better than a beach vacation. And it was obviously, you know, even with the room and board, still much more less expensive than obviously Mm -hmm. flying overseas, especially with, you know, today's flights now. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I thought I'd throw that in there. So that's a a fan favorite. I'm sure a lot of the audience has been there. But if you haven't, put it on your list if it's been a while. Maybe go back and think about it, not just as like a touristy Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg trip, but as a national park trip for some hiking and horseback riding and waterfalls and wildlife and stuff like that. But 
all of the top 10, uh, the ones that I've been to in the top 10 lists that you see have been phenomenal. And of all of them, I would absolutely go back to. But I must say, I think for today's discussion, the most bang for your buck, I know you kind of said, hey, don't worry about a budget, go wherever you want. But the most bang for your buck had to be kind of the little Utah tour that we did. And so short version of that is we flew into Vegas and within a couple of hours you're at Zion and we timed it where we ended up seeing some snow it was kind of accidental, but that was really neat, but it's amazing any time of the year. Then there's a, a, a really cool drive that takes you about an hour, but it's super scenic through some historic tunnels and some cliffs and stuff from Zion to Bryce Canyon. You could do those two in a day, you know, go there and come back in a day and go back to Vegas and fly home if you want, and you'd be very satisfied. But from Bryce, you're only three, four hours, if I'm not mistaken, to Arches, which is a bucket list one. So you're there in Moab, you get to do Arches for a couple of days. Canyonlands is right there by Arches. So you're within an hour from Arches. You can be in Canyonlands, spend a day or two there. That's another story. There's actually, I think, four entrances, and you can't do it all in, in one day, but you can see a certain part of Canyonlands. And then we added on the Grand Canyon, which is oh nice, probably what a lot of people would have at the top of their list if you haven't been there because it's, it's so no, well-known and, and prominent. And that was maybe a five-hour drive. I may have my three from Bryce to Arches and from Arches to Grand Canyon mixed up, but but definitely a reasonable drive from Arches to Grand Canyon and then from Grand Canyon back to Vegas to fly home. And uh, you're, you know, three or four hours from Vegas. So very, very cool trip. Lots to see. Uh, You know, that's five national parks you can visit. In fairness, it's a lot of of similar terrain. (laughs) So... By the time you get to by the time we got to Grand Canyon and we had been there before, by the time we got to Grand Canyon, we're like, man, we've seen a lot of this kind of stuff already. And of course, it's bigger and grander, uh, for lack of a better word. But it is a lot of similar landscape. But it's still very cool. Well, in fairness, Tommy, you're going to see that almost everywhere. You know, obviously the Southwest is famous for the, uh, you know, the the red stepped plateaus, and you know, you come to the Midwest, you're looking at flat corn and wheat so you're you're gonna get that anywhere (laughs) yeah you know you talked about the $80 senior pass Um, one thing that we haven't discussed and it sort of ties into the national park system where it applies but I don't know if we've got many duck hunters here on the podcast but if you do have a federal duck stamp it is a free pass into any national wildlife refuge Mm -hmm. that charges an entry fee so I know a lot of the state parks are tied to refuges wildlife refuges but another yeah, one. another cost-effective way to get into it. So before I let you wrap it up, Tommy, I just have one easy question for you. Or maybe it's a difficult question. We'll see. But <laughs> when are you going to be taking the family up to Denali National Park in Alaska? Mm. That's a long yeah. flight for you. That's, that's corner to corner of the United States almost. I know it. It is on our list. It looks amazing. We do not have it on the calendar. To me, that sounds like a great senior trip for for the kids when they get there. That's a, that's a great question. I'll, we'll have to talk about it when I know. All right. Well, why don't you uh, 
keep it essential and and wrap it up for us. You know, the only thing I I wanted to point out that we haven't talked about that I'll say here in closing is, you know, a lot of times you you'll hear this, you're like, "Hey, it's fun to travel. These things sound exciting. We've done it before. We want to do it again." However you feel when you're listening to this, hopefully it's inspiring. And we talk about this as a a life list for retirement as well, but it's more than just the why is more than just uh, for fun, right? Although that's super important. We talk about that, how essential it is for us to have recreation, but there is a uh, scientific, and I won't go into all this studies that connect, you know, being in nature to lowering cortisol, the stuff that causes stress. And the longer we spend, the the more the feelings of peace and well-being enhance are enhanced and our mental performance increases so this is a great idea for all of us who live in neighborhoods and work in buildings and drive in cars and you know aren't in nature uh, this is a, a good excuse to get out do it for fun for memories for the photos but also for our health for our well-being move it up your list keep it priority So thanks for tuning into the podcast today. And until next time, keep it essential. Thanks for sticking around after the music. We just have a quick disclosure for you. Securities are offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Inc., and advisory services are offered through S.A. Stone Investment Advisors, Inc.